when the fire started, we saw that okay, the first there was white smoke, mm. and uh, you know it was just a fire, and in my mind it was like okay, it's a fire, they're gonna put it out in a couple of minutes. It's nothing. So I just texted my girlfriend back then, like there's something that's burning in front of us. We're really lucky because I have some colleagues that went up to the roof to see what was happening before the the black smoke started coming out. So, like we we heard, we saw that we felt all that we were knocked out, but we didn't know what happened. So. Um, then uh, it was really scary because we started seeing the black smoke. We started hearing these um, the like like fireworks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the right word for it, but and and then just uh, all I remember was like you had a concussion. You were were you more uh, or less? Uh, uh, I was when when I, when I I was really awake when uh, yeah. So I was trying to reason. Yeah. What happened to be able to to just uh, see what to do? My phone was bloody. It was bloodied, and the first thing I see was my dad calling. So uh, he's calling. He's asking me, "Shusar, Shusar, why not? Anta mnih, anta mnih. I tell you, it's love, Salib al-Ahmar. Ali, why not? I tell you, badne, badne, bilmarim khayil. Ali, okay, we're coming. It's a blessing, and we're trying to do something. So I'm blessed, and I'm going to say to each other that we're going to go So we start walking towards Jaitawi, and once I get to Jaitawi, it's it's chaos. Yeah, uh, everyone's there. A lot of people are on the floor. I'm going to uh, embed an article that was written about. Obviously, it's it's related directly to the port blast, but your story is in it too. And the, if I'm not mistaken, it's the national that uh, yes. there's a feature. So, and uh, you know, it's since I met you, and we got to know each other. I think just a few months after the blast in the winter of 2020 right. or early 2021. Yep, uh, I've seen that the physical damage is fading, and I mean, it's not to make it a point here, but that you do have a scar that's yes. gradually, Probably. yeah. It, it, yeah. It was cut. yeah. So uh, we we had to operate on it. Yeah. And there's a scar just here. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. So that's that's just it was uh, stitched. I thought that was an extension of the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Could be. <laughs> but it, it's it's nice to know that. That physical reminder is not so visible anymore. So it's 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 uh, it's quite nice because uh, the doctor. I'm lucky enough because the doctors that were helping me throughout the yeah. healing process are really really top notch. You no, know, hats off, really. So let me pause at that moment and go back in time. Your passion for music transcends all of this because despite all that's happened uh, you're still a musician and you still play drums Um, what I find quite interesting is that you are now back at the job that you were working in except in a different location right which to me is quite uh, profound is that you're willing to go back 
to the moment, if you will, except it's not in Manum Chayir, it's in Shbeir. It's in Shbeir, yeah. It's far away, um, before, but still yeah, it's that kind of, I mean, you didn't detach enough. Or you didn't detach to the point that you didn't go back to the job. You're still in that job. Absolutely, because um, I'll, I'll stop you on that, because one of the main reasons is that um, at work, it's really, we really look out for each other. It's not like I'm going to work and and it, like throughout ni- the past nine years, nine years and a half of me working there, um, my colleagues became really, we really became close. We really became family because I spent 10 hours a day over there. So I spent more time with my colleagues yeah. than my parents or anyone else for yeah. that matter. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, they're, we really consider like you know, I consider them family and they too because we really looked out for each other throughout the, these bad times so uh, for me to be still at, at the job is really that is really one key element so if that wasn't there then it, w- it would have been totally different so but it's also a daily reminder I mean I think it's I appreciate that you're willing to... It shows just how close people can get from a huge tragedy. Right. But that you're also maybe... You have other ways out, and you find yourself here once more. But I want to go to where this passion for music comes from, and we can build on there and head to this moment, because I think, in a way, it's almost like everything lines up to that day. And I think, in a way, you're still living through that day. Yeah. But let's go back to the beginning. What took you to drumming to begin with? Because I don't really know where your passion for music oh, comes yeah. from. Oh, um, yeah. I always liked drums, like, since since the start. Every time I used to listen to music, um, you know, my dad got me into Led Zeppelin and ACDC mm-hmm. and... and um, your dad? Deep Purple, yeah. He, he doesn't listen to that stuff anymore, but... But he's the one who got me into all this. Wow. And every time, uh, you know, we used to be in the car ride or something, he used to put on this music and he'll be like, listen to what the drummer is doing. Yeah, so I'd always pay attention and this really grew on me and I will will start imagining, because there was no YouTube and all that stuff, so I'd start imagining like, how, how would this be played or... Um, so this is what really got me into um, into drumming, and then uh, just being on the drums for the first time ever in my life. I remember that, and it was uh, it was at Fête de la Musique. Yeah, I, I mean but that's where you see a lot of these bands a- play. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, my dad's friend was a drummer, and I was a little kid back then. He was just like, "Oh, you can uh, try the drums." Yeah, I'm like fuck yeah I'll do that so I just sat behind the drums and and he just showed me like a, like just just something really like just hit the kick I was just blown away so how old were you when you first started playing around 10 10 and I didn't know your dad was a did he play drums no my dad used to play guitar oh he used to play guitar okay he um I have some old pictures of him in black and white. Yeah. On like a, um, 
on like a big Marshall um, amp mm. and an old Fender, and um, yeah, it, it's just he 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 played guitar. I see. He always wanted to. He always wanted to play music to follow a career in music, mm. but but um, you know it, it was it, it was never the case. So he instilled this curiosity in you by telling you, to, oh yeah, to not just listen but to pay attention to one thing. Not not the only one thing, yeah. like the guitar, the drums. But oh, I, okay. yeah, like like pay attention to what's happening in right. the music. So and you were drawn more to drums. Yes. So ten, you pick up your first god what are they called drumsticks thank you drumsticks. Yeah. <laughs> that's right yes. yeah you pick up your first pair of drumsticks and do you find yourself drawn to it right away absolutely i still remember uh, me buying the first uh, i still remember the person who made me buy my first pair of sticks hmm. uh here um and you know it's it's uh, it really goes a long way back, and I still have that same passion for drums till now. Like it really didn't fade away or or diminish in any way. I still have that that same. Like I always want want to play drums. So ten is still elementary school. Like I mean, you're in oh, yeah. your earlier years. Oh yeah. Yes. When does it become something that's routine? Like in other words, not just you picking up yeah. sticks and play. I mean, when you could ask you maybe when you have your first drum set i had my first drum set when i was 14 14 yeah so by the by your teenage years you're yeah. you're really into it i'm really into it i had uh, like an old uh it was really really bad uh drum kit it was like a bad as in like bad bad, bad yeah, yeah like uh, not as in good <laughs> no it's shitty it was a really 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 shitty drum kit that yeah. i had it was in my room a very small room um I used to wait till I can come back from school just to be able to go home and play drums. And it all went downhill from there, you know. <laughs> I, I, was, I didn't really want to study. I didn't really want to do anything but to play drums. So, so you're 14. <clears throat> I'm going to guess you're in your mid-30s now, late 30s? Uh, mid, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in my late 30s, man. Uh, I'm 33. You're 33? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you could use some trimming then. <laughs> all right, With all due respect uh, to, uh, yeah, it's to the beard. White, man. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. some... I know, I know. Yeah. A bit of dust in there too. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 33, let's see, I'm going to do my math. That's 20 years ago or so. Uh, 20 years ago, 19... No, 2003. <laughs> so I'm going to think now. 2003. I'm trying to think of the bands that would have been heavily played and sort of bigger I think it's a lot of terrible bands that I hate like back then wow uh, crap like Limp Biscuit. oh yeah they, like Limp Biscuit, the new metal scene yeah was, were huge Korn yeah Korn Korn, Limp Bizkit, all Slipknot they were, Slipknot yeah like and these are were all bands in the 2000s they yeah. were what's that band the guy the lead singer recently died or not recently like two years ago Linkin Park Yes. Yeah. They were like booming mm. back in the in the two thousands. I can't stand that music. I I, I do. I I like corn. I <laughs> like corn and I like Flint Biscuit. I'm I'm. I can tell they're cool bands. You know, when I first met you, you I thought for a second you're you were a sort of a big fan, because I think I, the few times I've heard you play ab above the silencers, <laughs> it sounds like something with Fred Durst singing over. 
And I was so like, ah, oh, oh, I can't shit. be this again. And I remember once we had a brief conversation <laughs> where I really turned you off. You asked me, what is your favorite, who is your favorite drummer? And I really was like, I said the worst thing. I think I said, uh, oh yeah, you said Roger the, Taylor from no, Queen. No, no, you said, um, uh, or maybe the, Dave Grohl. No, no, no. I love Dave Grohl. You love Dave Grohl? I All right, Dave good. Grohl. Okay. Dave Grohl is the king. Good. Okay, so we're, um, we're okay with Dave but Grohl. But I remember yeah. you said uh, the guy from uh, from Green Day, or uh, what was that band? The Green Day? I think Green Day or like something like that. I was did like, I say Green Day? Yeah. Oh, um, I'm embarrassed. I must yeah, have. I was, I was like, did I say Green Day? No, man. <laughs> I thought I said Roger Taylor from Queen. I don't think so because no? if I heard Roger Taylor for Queen, I'll be Green like, okay. Queen must have been yeah yeah, yeah. okay so, so we're okay so with Roger Taylor oh yeah all right good that's um, that kind of more <laughs> r- r- stand I don't know what the word is anymore that standard rock or classic rock classic rock, classic rock yeah to me is kind of where I find myself listening to the drummer better by the way I think of Nirvana as more pop rock today than, than anything else, even though it's grunge. It's grunge. I, I grew up on grunge. I love me grunge. Me too. Yep. But when I listen to Nirvana now, I think of it as more like it's it's fits into the wider rock uh, music spectrum. Yep. I don't think of it as... Um, what's the word? It's not harsh. It's not harsh. It's not yeah. harsh. And when I hear Dave Grohl and his opening Smells Like, yeah, smells yeah. like Teen Spirit... To me, it's to me, it's just Dave, Dave Grohl. I mean, yeah. I I could talk um, for days about Dave Grohl. I he's so inspiring. I'm really inspired by him. I I actually uh, I didn't know this, but there's a few years I lived in Virginia, <laughs> yeah. and he was he apparently grew up very close to where I grew up in nice. Virginia. Um, I met him once. No way. At a, That's at a awesome. Izzy Pop, Iggy Pop. Concert. Yeah, Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop in DC, probably 25 years ago. I was standing at the, it's like a, it was a two floor venue, okay. very small venue. Iggy Pop was sort of doing his thing. And just to my right, Dave Grohl was hanging out. <laughs> that's amazing. And I like, it took me a few seconds to be like, oh, that's Dave Grohl. <laughs> and as soon as I, it clicked, he was gone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Damn man! So I was I was very happy with myself. I was like, ah, I got to stand next to yeah, Dave next Grohl to the legend. Seconds, yeah. Next to the legend. But you're growing up with that music in the background. Yes. So you're heavy metal and grunge and heavy metal grunge. At first, it was classic rock, mm. Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Rainbow, um, ACDC, definitely, mm. and then was. Uh, some grunge, you know, Soundgarden, Chris Cornell. Soundgarden, I, yeah. I love, I love uh, Alice in Chains. Mm. These bands, and then later, it's I started getting into metal, and that was me getting into uh, Slayer, Metallica, uh, Venom. All these bands that were like, these guys are so evil. I wonder how they look like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but Metallica so, is now like for grandparents right Lars I, I wouldn't say that they're no, they're awesome they're still good they're fucking amazing alright that's good to hear yeah. I, I mean I think of them now as old so what so what you're right you're right so what? that's you know what you're right uh, 
So let's let's go down this road. Yep. You're you're are you imitating your favorite drummers like most musicians do at the beginning that they're just trying to pretend to be? Oh yeah, at the beginning for sure. Mm. I always I'll, I'll give you the biggest example is uh, Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden. Okay. And he's like my all-time favorite drummer. Mm. And he has um and if you see if you look at his drum set, he always has the right symbol up like facing him oh. so no one can see him when you see oh, him yeah, you yeah. just see like a wall of drums wow. and that symbol so you don't see him play wow. and at first I always I was always doing the same I had my right symbol like all the way up uh-huh. I'm like I'm doing this because he does it you know and so even the decoration you're trying to be yeah and the, but, but that was like you know I'm young I'm trying to be you know yeah. trying to um show that I'm inspired by him but then um, along the way you know you start uh, you start trying things out that are that are more convenient for you as for me as a drummer so mm. I started trying up different cymbal setups different uh, tunings on the toms on the snares mm. and really trying to make the drums more comfortable for me to be able to play at the tempos that I play because I play at high high tempos mm, because mm. it's death metal and it's really demanding physically yeah. and musically. So I really started uh, messing around with setting up the drums and all that stuff. But until, until you know, it's a, it's a learning curve. I still mess around with the settings till now. So there's really, you know, you can never say, okay, that's it. I've, I've learned enough. No, there's always something new. In those years, was it easy to get silencers or were you playing the drums? I was playing drums oh. with silencers. With They're silencers. like mesh pads. Yeah. So they were on top. And because I had... So we're talking, I'm 14. I have this shitty drum set <laughs> with the shitty silencers. And every time I used to hit a tom or something, they used to fall. So that used to drive me insane. I was like, but I'm sure you drove your family insane too. <laughs> I, I did. I drove yeah. my mom insane, my dad, my sister. They're they're all like, that's your dad's fault for doing this. Yeah, but they're, they're all like, you know, you could have been a guitarist or something. That would have been a little less more, a little less dajje out of two. So or even like a, a something really like a harp. Player. Like a hard player, yeah. That's exactly. So like a like a something more peaceful. That's really funny, you know. But um, I'm 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 lucky because they've they've always been my family's always been supportive of what I've what I've done in music and in life in general. But you know, in music, they've always been supportive supportive of me learning drums and me going forward with drumming and all that so so this is how i understand drumming again i'm an amateur i think of drumming as a peculiar love for music because no one can just go around the world touring as a drummer there's no solar solo drum show meaning meaning dave grohl in nirvana is fantastic but Dave Grohl can now play Foo Fighters songs with his guitar and go solo, and it would be just fine. I don't think Dave Grohl can just show up playing Nirvana by drums. The hardcore fans would love it, but it just doesn't work. And I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's not an outward... It's not... You're not the center of attention 
as a musician, but everyone knows you're there. And I'm wondering, did you find yourself wanting to play drums because that matches something else? Or is this really all unrelated that you're just into percussion um, and drum, drums? Drums is a rhythmic uh, instrument. Mm. So uh, guitars and bass, I won't say bass, but guitar and all the rest are melodic instruments. Mm. Mm. So I find myself in rhythmic instruments. I love to play rhythms. Mm. So uh, Bass is also rhythm, I guess, right? Yeah. 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 But, so, you didn't, but you didn't go there. You went no. into something that's... I, I like I like I just like drums. I like yeah. beating on stuff, you know. So yeah. uh, since day one, so I'm like, and plus we we do have like the the best seat in the band, you know, like <laughs> the back. Yeah, and we just we just see everything, and we're yeah. keep we're the ones who are keeping the whole band in time. That's true, and we're keeping the tempo, and you know we're locking in everything, the whole band together. So. But you, you're. Or I guess what I'm asking is, it's not something you can just pursue on your own. You need to find band members. Absolutely. Yeah. Drumming yeah. requires more, you know, members to be with yeah. music. Right. So at the age of 14, you're playing alone, <clears throat> imitating your favorite drummers. Is there a point where you start looking for? Oh yeah, friends to play. So with? Um, we used to trade uh, tapes in school. Yeah. So, for example, um, I'll have like an ACDC cassette or something, and a friend of mine at school would like have an Iron Maiden cassette or something, and he'll be like, "Yeah, listen to this." I'll give him my cassette, and he'll uh, give mm. me his, and we'll trade, yeah. and we'll listen. And then we start like, hmm, "Okay, I'm playing drums, so I like have to start saying who's playing instruments and." And the school, and because the school was like the only place where, you know, you you see other people, and you know, as a teenager, <laughs> as opposed to like going to going out to a pub or something. Yeah, so, you have to find schoolmates. Yeah, but did did you easily find them? Like, were they? In other words, I'm trying to imagine. Are you simply sitting next to? A bass player and no. in, the, in the other class there's a lead guitarist. No, no. And fi wahad bighani lahalu bil bil hammam, for example. No, but it was like really word of mouth. So just ask, you know, uh, do you play guitar? Do you play bass? It was just like, I yeah. mean, for me, this is how it was back then. Yeah. And then I, we moved to um, to Dubai in 2006 when. Um, when the war started over here, uh, and uh, so you the, would have been maybe 15, 16? I was sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. I was sixteen. Yeah. So we moved to Dubai. What about the war? It was like the last. I had two more years in school. So when I started school, it was like my first thing that I was like aiming for is just to find musicians I can really start a band with a right. proper band yeah not just play music with but just start a band mm. and I did uh, found two close friends uh, I mean one close friend was at in the same school mm. and then you know we started uh, looking for other bandmates and that's what I started my first band so the first band was in Dubai Yes. Okay. 2006. Can you, I mean, just 
did it all feel right when it happened? No, it, it felt right in a lot of ways. Uh, and no, when you're in a band, you're like, and you're in, and you're, you have this, you're in, a, you're a teenager. You think of a band as your family, you know. Yeah. It's just not just people you play music with. It's mm. people you, uh, you go out, you hang out with. Uh, you know, you look out for them. They look out for you. You can go. Uh, you know, you go, you go out. You drink. You do whatever, whatever you want with them. So. It felt right, and yeah. that's and that's uh, sense. Mm. Musically, uh, it also feels right because you're just trying to. You're trying to match what what other band members are trying to play. Yeah. So I'm trying yeah, yeah. to to make a, to play a beat, to uh, a riff that the guitarist made, and you know, uh, I can't play well, but I'm trying that. So it really makes you try harder to be to oh to so you find yourself playing better yes as a result of course because um i've always had that philosophy to be to get better as a musician you always have to play with different people what because was the name, what was the name of the first band uh the very first band spectator that's not a bad name yeah so you're in dubai with spectator <laughs> and Spectre, school <laughs> it was like we were we were four people yeah um, you know two guitarists two guitarists and uh, a vocalist and it was me and me on drums okay, no bassist and then we had the bassist yeah and then you know we played music for a while and then I moved on to two other bands Oh, all and in Dubai. All in Dubai. Okay. Because so you're really I, like, I mean, you're progressing uh, you fast. Know, Dubai, Dubai, I stayed in Dubai from 2006 to 2009. Okay. And then after 2009, I came back here to to university so I can do my oh, university degree. Yeah. Mm. So once I came back here, that's when things got, got like official. I'm like, I'm doing university, but at the same time, I joined the Weeping Willow. The Weeping Willow is the oldest metal band in Lebanon. And for me to be playing with the Weeping Willow was a, hu a huge thing because the Weeping Willow is a band that I used to see when I was a kid. And I'm like, fuck, these guys are crazy, you know. Uh, and then a couple of years down the line, I'm playing with them. I'm playing drums for them. And uh, that for me was quite, uh, quite big. And Garo and Marco, and uh, you know, these are I still play music with them till now. So since 2009 till now, I stuck with them. And it's not the Weeping Willow right now. It's a different band. It's called Chavar. It's like a different. Uh, it's like a rebirth of the Weeping Willow, but under a different name, with uh, with different music. Up, you know, definitely different music. Uh, but yeah. The performances back then, Fête de la Musique, was that one of we, the... No, we didn't. No. I mean, the Weeping Willow played Fête yeah. de la Musique yeah. way before I joined the band. I think I but saw them at yeah. Fête de la Musique, yeah. Yes, they play, They used in uh, downtown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Right, at Samir Asir or even at the Roman Baths, maybe. Yeah, I think Samir next Asir. to Virgin or something. Uh, like next to Virgin. Back yeah. then, yeah. yeah. But you never played at Fête de la Musique? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't the drummer back then. Okay. Yeah. But where did you guys play when you're... In the band. Oh, we played, for example, uh, 
Beirut Metal Fest, which, which Beirut Rock Fest, sorry, which was in Zwo Amphitheater in 2011. That was my first, the first show I've ever played in Lebanon was in the in Zoo uh, Amphitheater. Wow. And it was huge. Like there was um, Moonspell from Portugal. There was Catatonia from Sweden. And uh, it was the Whipping Willow. We, we were playing the second band. We opened up the festival, so to speak. And it was like, I remember just driving me. Garo was driving the car. And, um, you know, he had his girlfriend back then. And I was, I was in the back seat. And, uh, I, you know, I'm going to, my, to play my first show. And yeah. we started driving up to Zoo. Yeah. And yeah. I could hear someone sound checking the drums. And it was... It was really like, I was like, mm, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> so, but it was awesome. Like, I remember just uh, the sound was great. Um, the, there was a lot of people. There was people coming in from Syria, from Jordan to, to watch the show. So that was really, really nice. And then, and then it took off. That moment where you're in university and you're playing drums with a band. But you're still studying. And I'm going to just take a wild guess. What you yeah. studied has nothing to do Absolutely. with lighting. Yes. Right? I'm yes. Going to, let, me, let me take a wild guess. You studied what? Marketing or finance? Close. Business administration? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I will, who told so me this? Close, man. There's a, uh, I, I think he wouldn't mind me quoting him. I hope. <laughs> If he does, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. Uh, I think it's Al-Ama, Reis. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his last name? I forgot his last name. Is that right? Reis. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes I believe so. I ran into him the other day. And we just sort of... What did he say? Caught up. And he... I, I don't know why. The conversation came up that he studied at LAU. Business administration. Or something, okay. something like that. And then he turned... He, the way he said it was great. He's like... Everyone got a degree in business administration <laughs> means nothing. There's no degree. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's okay. I mean, it's it's a good good university. He was very straightforward about it. He's like, and I, I know many people that got this degree. But you're doing that because it's the right thing to do. You can yeah. have a degree. You're playing drums. And is there any moment where you think maybe I could just play drums? Because I'm, I'm trying to figure out... All the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. So you were looking for a way to make drumming your life. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But that wasn't like... Back then, I didn't, like, I didn't have my foot on the ground. Like now I know that being a drummer, you got to have something that really pays the bills so you can be a drummer. But did we think Willow pay the bill? Pay the bills in any way, or was it just passion? No, it was passion. It okay. was it was upfront passion. So there was never a financial link to drumming in that sense. At least those years, you weren't able no, to. No, no, it was always it was always work. Yeah. To be able to afford being in a band because being in a band is a bitch. Being in a band is. You always have to put money to do stuff. So you have to record, you have to make an album, you have to print CDs. Yeah. You have to, um, you know, back then we used to print CDs. Now no one's printing no, CDs. But, yeah. you know, um, but it was, 
be, to be in a band, you always got to have some sort of income to be able to put in, into the band in order to push things forward. So you got to, you make music, you got to market your music. Yeah. You got to um, do artwork for your music. You have to, there's so much stuff that go goes into all that. But let me, let me play devil's advocate. Yep. Can you think of a reason why your pursuit through music didn't become the job? And I, I guess it's 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 like it's a it's a bit of a hostile question because it's not like you don't need to have that as your I, job. But you know, let me let me like say it the way I understand it. Yeah. A struggling musician mm-hmm. versus a musician that has a full time job. Um, being in this, um, being in Lebanon, I don't think it's. Um, it's really realistic to be yeah. a full-time uh, metal drummer and making money because that's that's never gonna happen. I'm just saying this with like f- fully. No, that's that's actually know, a very fair answer. Uh, people, metal musicians that are in the U.S. and Europe, uh, yes, they do make money, but it's also a start. They don't make a lot of money. They yeah. just, uh, you know, they it's it. They make their living, and 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 that's it. Mm-hmm. But they they are in Europe and in the U.S., so they have more open doors yeah. than being in Lebanon. Being in Lebanon, you know, if you want to record, you got to record in a time where you can't under kahraba, for for example. So that being said, you know, there's always things manna that are not in our control. Uh, that really makes things a bit harder. But mm. I guess, and um, me as a musician, as a drummer, it's my duty towards my passion to keep to keep pushing and to be able able to do more. Yeah. Uh, if I just say, if I just surrender to 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 our daily lives, and the struggles and all that, I want to do nothing. You know, I'll just be, I'll just go to work and come back and I'll be like, uh, you know, the, I'll do nothing basically. And that's just not me. But was there ever, let's say, a push to tour, for example, or to try to make money off of the band? Was there anything like that? Even I mean, the thing, even the thought of it. Yeah. So um, I tour, I tour with Nerf Cell. Uh, they're a Dubai-based band, mm. and um, each year we have a Euro tour in summer, mm. and we go we tour around in Europe, and we do that. So, um, to answer your question, there's a lot of money that goes into touring to be able to make the tour happen first. So, um, for example, you know we gotta rent out a van, we yeah. gotta uh, sometimes book places to sleep. Uh, there's a lot of things that we have to do in order to make a tour work. So, uh, the financials when we're playing on t- when we're on tour, you we gotta make these the financials that we will make from the gigs that we play. They have to cover the cost of what we have put into sure. to make the tour happen. Yeah. Good so, job, LAU. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so you see, it's it's really um, there's not there's no profit. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. just uh, you make some money from here, but you also pay money to be able to do all this. So mm-hmm. they kind of go hand in hand with each other. I don't know if I'm asking it the wrong way or if you're dodging the question. Are you simply just saying that it's impossible to pursue drumming for a living because you're in Lebanon? Because what I'm hearing from you is... There's as, no a, as a metal drummer, yes. As a metal drummer, I see. Okay, so it's really the, it's the niche. That's, that's the key word. As a metal drummer yeah. in Lebanon, it's, uh, it's impossible. Right. But yeah. if you're a drummer that's playing with... Uh, with uh, Elisa or or uh, I don't mean no disrespect but if you're playing different kind of music then maybe by all means yes you can do that and you never really thought of that as an option no because it's not me it's not it's, you. I, yeah. I'm, I was never the guy who wanted to play yeah Arabic music or not that I know disrespect but it's just not me so there I'm only mentioning them because they do in a way, have a financial side. Yes. A group like Adonis, for example. Yeah. Is that the kind of band that you couldn't see yourself in because it's the not it's not the music you love? Right. And Mashrua Leila would be the same issue. Mashrua Leila, for example, are huge. Mm. And yes, they do make a living from music. Or they I'm used to until days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, so if you're playing this, I mean, I don't want to say it's just the kind of music because I know for a fact Mashru Alayla they worked their ass off to to reach where they where they are. Mm. So I know there there there's always um, hard work that goes into it. It's not just oh you play this kind of music you're going to make it. No, it's not that. It's if you play the kind of music and you and um you know you're you ha- if you have good music, strong music and people like you and they're coming to your shows and 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 you're doing things smartly yes you can do that but i don't think that's that uh, could be applied uh, for metal specifically that's really interesting and i'm not just saying in lebanon i'm yeah. just saying in the middle east but you even allude to it in a way it's true anywhere metal music is not mainstream right. even when everyone knows it but it's not something that automatically sort of you assume there's a career for you. Yes. In, 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 um, like in a job, in a way. Uh, l- let me ask you about the build-up to October 17. You stay in Weeping Willow the whole way through. Yes. And you're in other bands too. So the Weeping Willow, they, we, we disbanded in 2018. Okay, so and right before, the, a year before uh, the protests... Yes, yeah, and we uh, we played our last show in in was it in summer twenty eighteen I believe, and uh, that was the start of Chavar, which is the continuation of the band but under a different name. Um, so we disbanded, but at the same time I was st- I'm still playing in Nerf Cell, which is in Dubai. Mm. So uh, I have two commitments. Yeah. And I have my job. If you can. I don't want to sound rosy or nostalgic here. But that, at least the first phase of October 17. I mean, beyond that it's, it's an upbeat moment. Could you have imagined all of that leading to right now? 
it's it's um I mean I don't want to swear too much but it's really like a clusterfuck of <laughs> of of things that happened you know and um so uh 2019 was actually the last European tour uh that that I went on and that was in June June 2019 so that okay. was even before yeah. uh, the Thoro mm. and um so we came off the tour and then there was like the whole summer hey let's relax let's have that good summer and then there was the thawra ha- happening yeah and then everything we like i was uh, in no- in november when things really started to 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 happen the protests and i was sometimes i was going to work uh, walking you know from the house and i was just literally thinking about okay how I started thinking, how can I be able to continue doing this if things get worse? But I never in a million years thought that it can get this worse. And you're still pushing through. You're working 100%. at your job. And you're playing when you can. Yep, absolutely. And then <clears throat> it just so happens that you're at your job the last minutes of the day. Right before you're supposed to leave, August 4, 2020, where everyone's life in this country changed. Um, You recover. Thankfully, you're put back together in a way that makes sense. Yes, I'm fully restored. A few loose screws here and there, but that's okay. (laughs) They're, They're endearing. Yeah. And ever since I met you, which is the aftermath of August 4, Every time I've spoken to you, it's either that you're applying for a visa to leave yes. <laughs> or you're dating someone that wants to leave with you or you even considered getting married to somebody in order to make moving easier. Yes. Uh, you, you eventually yep. do start, you, you start traveling to perform. And I think the few times we've spoken about your trips, it's where you're abroad to play music, either in yep. Greece Right. Or more recently... In France. In France. And that, to me, was a moment where it's quite possible you're gone. Because it felt like that was a permanent step. Days later, you're back. Yeah. I wouldn't say days later, but... Let's uh, say a a couple of weeks. It was, yeah, a couple of weeks. I'm older, so for me, days are weeks and and weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's (laughs) like a few hours later, you're back. Yeah. I don't want to ask you anything that's too sensitive, but I'll just try to make it sort of link back. Sure. There is that urgency. I feel it because these are not, it's not one or two tries. You're really trying to set up your life abroad. But you end up back where you are, the same job, playing music with the same people for the most part. And now you're in Beirut on a podcast talking about that moment of being in a way stuck so i don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing it could be a good thing too but let me let me untangle that a bit are you comfortable now with where you are or are you still trying to run away and running away in a good way not in a bad way. yeah i get you yeah um the simple answer to that is it's a very simple quote and it's the grass is not always greener on the other side so, 
with everything that's happening over here, with all the chaos, with all the financials, with all the everything that's happening over here, um, we're still, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to compare, but uh, living in Lebanon is still something we can hold on to because outside it's, it's really, it's also going to shit. It's also going bad. It's also going in, into dark places. So what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Because you've now traveled several times. What yep. is the feeling you get about darkness abroad? So um, things abroad are like financially unstable right now. And um, there's, there's so much formalities into every single thing. So um, sometimes I'm just saying that out of my own experience because I guess France is like the worst because they're, it's really bureaucratic. There's a lot of bureaucracy and it's like the top in it. Um, there's just so much formalities. So if you really want to work, they're even making it harder for a Lebanese guy to work, to, you know, to, to be able to, to make a living. I'm just saying that out of my own experience. So, um, so financially difficult for someone in your shoes to, to be make able, a yes. comfortable life, but that's but that could I could be wrong. I'm mm. just saying this out of what from what I've seen out of what my own experiences. Mm. Mm. So, uh, and it's, so then and in that case, Bashir, why do you keep trying to leave? Oh, that stopped. Well, that stopped. Okay. Yeah. After this, after that event, and me just coming back home. I just decided that, you know, the grass is not greener on the other side. I'm going to make everything here. I'm going to fix what I can and what I have control over and just try to be here in the moment and just not look back. I want to be here. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to make my, my life here regardless of what happens. I'm going to strive to continue. So that's it. Um, that's the decision I've, I've taken. And I guess that's like a, I don't want to say in just a New Year's resolution, but it's definitely, it's definitely something, you know, it's, it's considered. It's, uh, it's something that's written in my book for now. There is really nothing normal about what's happening to this country. And there's really nothing normal about what happened to you. Quite the contrary, it's an extremely traumatic moment where you survived. What could have been the end of your life, what was the end of many lives in that part of Beirut, you came out. Uh, you came out in, in good spirits too, which is not easy. And I would, I would have, I mean, if you wanted to leave and found a way to leave and that was it, goodbye, I would have only respect for your decision. Would make perfect sense. But instead, you're willing to struggle in this country and keep playing music and work. And I find that to be a very remarkable decision. I think that's not an easy decision to make. Um, and I know that, I mean, I'm going to just assume when you're 
close to the silos or when you're next to your old building where you used to work, it, there's nothing good that comes up. It's only it's quite emotional till this day. You know, I, I, I go there every day still till now because I take the bus from there to be able to go to work. Yeah. So I still see this every goddamn day. And it's very emotional, but it's, it's there. I have, to, I have to somehow adapt and not just... I have to face my emotions every day. That's fucked up. But it's something that I have to do on a single basis. So you don't have to, but you. I I do. You chose to. I chose to because. Hopefully, there's there's, hopefully there will be changes, you know. If. I'm hopeful, you know, something good, can happen to the country, sooner or later. I know I might sound crazy for saying that, with especially now, but so no. You know, we got to have some faith. We got to have some hope, at least. And, uh, you know, where we're at. This decision to stay comes with a lot of... Bolts. <laughs> <laughs> it does and have guts. Guts, and also it, it's financially uh, very complicated. Yes. But I want to emphasize this. You've found your own niche in terms of teaching how to drum... And you're offering independent uh, drum right. courses. Uh, it may not be the easiest thing to do, but you're doing it. And you're doing it from your bedroom. I'm doing it from my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very humble... Uh, I, I just... I'm, I'm doing it from my bedroom and my parents' house. Yeah. Because I'm back to living with my parents. So, um, first of all, I'm glad that they're uh, cooperating with me. With, you know, being, uh, being a drummer at home is... Not not a pleasant thing for a thirty-three year old drummer at home is quite disappointing it's, it's to the quite, lineage crazy. and the. F- <laughs> you can still you should blame your father for all of this. That's when he told you to listen to music carefully, carefully. Yeah, <laughs> and so you did. <laughs> yeah, um, all the love uh, for him. For, you know, they, they always they always uh, they always have my back. Um, yeah, I'm doing the lessons from my own room. I'm doing them also online, also from my room. Mm. So the lessons can, some people can come over, they can take the lessons one-to-one or, you know, if they're anywhere outside Lebanon, we can just set up Skype and this is what, this is what I'm doing sometimes. You've found a way to do it digital? Yeah. Uh, uh, online? Yeah, yeah I've, okay. I've been doing this uh, since last year. Yeah. I have a student in Qatar mm. and he's been doing lessons with me through Zoom. Okay, so but let me ask you this: this experience, because I know I even recommended a few people when you first announced online courses. I yes. think a year ago or so. Yeah. Um, what does that exactly entail now? Is it just you have a camera next to you? So and you're yeah, it's uh, I got an electric kit at home, mm-hmm. and that's a major plus because that camera is hooked up to a sound card to the computer. And the camera is hooked up to the computer, so oh, everything okay. is in sync. Yeah. And when you when you see, you can see, and you can hear exactly what I'm playing. Mm. And I got two cameras, you know, one that's up, you can see the hands, and one that's down, you can see the pedals. So the student hears what you hear too. 
it's the same. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're not, they're not hearing the silencer version. They're no, hearing no. They're hearing the real audio. Yeah. They're hearing yeah, yeah. the real audio. Mm. But there's always, uh, you know, always a, a battle with connection because Lebanese yeah. connection sucks. So, you know, we there's always that struggle. But it's it's workable. <laughs> it's it's uh, uh, you know, there's there's uh, you know. Be tuptal internet nafta 4G. This is like it is what it is. But you have now several students that you can pursue this sort of bonus Sah. career. It's bonus career. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I I think I mean I'm the only thing that matters to me I think in this very interesting journey of music, but also trying to survive this country, is that you're still able to play drums on your terms and still find a way to make it at least you can even you can flirt with the idea of turning it into a career even if it's not your full-time job and you're able to do it on your own which is not easy Um, I think this whole story is in a way bittersweet because maybe it's just by fate but a metal drummer should be in a metal band touring. Yes, absolutely. And struggling but being okay. Yeah. And not worrying about a lighting company's lights. No, I mean... <laughs> I, I, or, or it's nothing bad for nothing me. Nothing bad against uh, them, but no, I mean... It's, yeah. Yeah. I'm all for, uh, you know... They, they've always been supportive. Sure, you know, sure. When I, when I tell them, hey, I need... I can I need to tour this one whole month. They they let you go. They always support me. I I don't have not a bad not a not a bad thing. And they let you, you know? back after you move back. So oh, that's yeah, also that, quite that, important. That was like the biggest, you know, they I've I've called my my boss and he was really he's like, you know, you have your 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 place here. Hmm. You've been with us for a while. It's it's your home. You can come back home anytime you want. And that says so much. To anyone who's maybe a kid right now, that's where you were when you were a kid, picking up drumsticks and in this country that doesn't provide enough for a musician, but gets you by. Could you offer any words of wisdom to the child that maybe resembles you today in Lebanon? And what would you tell that person who wants to pursue drumming, knowing how screwed up things are? Um, knowing how screwed up things are, drumming is always a way. It's a it's an art. It's an it's a way of letting. It's an it's a way of uh, um, communication. It's a way of letting out your your emotions. So uh, whatever you're feeling, good, bad. Uh, bad about the situation in Lebanon, bad about everything, just take it out on drums or any kind of art that you're doing, you know. So whatever you're facing, put that back into your art, back into your crafts. And that really is what is what gonna make you stand I don't wanna say stand out, but it may might make you stand out and it might um it might make your art uh, resonate more with people around you because they might feel the same way so whatever you're feeling just put it back into your art and let it resonate with the people around you 
first and the whole wide world. And that's, that's what I can say. I'm going to embed all the details on how to reach out to you for anyone that wants to learn drumming online or in person. And uh, I'll make sure to emphasize that uh, you're uh, not just a gifted drummer, but you're somebody yeah, I think you. that should be uh, somebody that should be celebrated because for you to stick around and want to pursue this, even when this country gave you very little in return, I think that's the story. And uh, I appreciate that you're going to keep drumming your way through this very, very difficult uh, moment. So with that said, uh, Bashir, thank you for spending a very cold, stormy evening with me. The storm has passed. Uh, thank you, Roni. Thanks a lot for, for having me. Thanks a lot for giving me the opportunity to, have, to speak on your platform. It's an honor for me, man. Glad to be doing this. It's, uh, I really, really appreciate it, man. Oh, uh, I guess I bought the storm with me to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but now you got rid of it too. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it's dr- I think it's dry outside right now. That's, that's good. That's good. Thanks, Bashir. Thank you, Ronnie. Boom! Boom. We did it. How does it go? I came up with this really cool drum beat. Oh yeah. You ever hear yeah. about that? I never heard of it before no. in my life. Never ever. <laughs> Could you do uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit with your feet and hands right now? Oh yeah. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me start. Right no, now. it's just the intro, right? Really? <laughs> Let's do it together and then you do the drums, yeah? Yeah, sure. You sound. <laughs> Sounds so lame. <laughs> it sounds so lame on this, yeah. Could you make it? I, like, I do this every day at, at work, man. Okay, like, can you do I, it without, I drive everyone insane. Without your fingers, could you make it like a little more? No, no, like with your, I don't know. Uh, it's the same, man. It's like, okay, pretend like you're on stage right now and you're Dave Grohl. <laughs> Go ahead. I can't, man. It's, it's, uh, I, I do air drumming. Air drumming's for me, for me, like I have like the biggest kit ever. Only in my mind, I'm just air drumming. Like, all right, so you know, do, doing all do, that. do like a drum beat. I'll try to figure out what it is, but don't don't go too metal. Make it easy. I'll make it easy. No, I need to hear it. Ah, oh, like yeah, it's just not just it. air drumming, right? Just, no, I need. To. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna cut that one out, right? <laughs> beep, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of beep. Trying to make a rhythm on top. No, I heard. Is that Billie Jean? No, I'm just trying to make a beat. I thought you were gonna sing the beat. I want a famous beat that I can guess. Oh, okay. Uh, Let's see. That Um, may that may have been Billie Jean, by the way. Yeah, right. Maybe. Let's stick to Billie Jean, man. (laughs) No, no. Do do another one. Do another one. Uh, Let's do that. I don't know. You like Led Zeppelin, right? I need something that's fairly well known. Uh, 
You know Rush? You don't know Rush? No, man. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, can you play, like, uh, anything that's the last 30 years that's not... Jeez, man. No, that's not Slipknot. <laughs> it's not Slipknot, man. Rush. It's Rush, man. Come Rush on. Shit. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree play, with that. Play uh, anything alternative. Play Chili Peppers. Play. I, uh, I love Red Hot Chili Peppers. Play, play, go ahead. That's the same. It's the same. It's play, it's play a song. Beat I was playing before because all their beats are like. Play me. Uh, I don't know. Californication. you play so soft I don't know what it That's, is I'm supposed to play that way what if your neighbor wakes up right wake now them up <laughs> give me some Bashir Ramadan oh you don't want to see that man it's like yes I'll, yes yes I'll, yes, I'll yes, yes all this what is that it's a fucking thunderstorm <laughs> oh no can you play thunderstruck since you like ACDC sure it's it's just it's the same thing repeating over like da na 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 it's the same thing, man. It, it goes on. You're all ACDC. Very boring teacher. All ACDC songs are the same, but I love ACDC. Don't okay, get me wrong. I think his neighbors are gonna wake up right now. Can <laughs> <laughs> you do that little you, dance he does? Uh, yeah, you you pr- most probably you know you gotta be you gotta be so drunk out of your mind to be able Shit, to sing. I'd like, like you to sing Thunderstruck right now. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> how does it how does it start? How, yeah, how does it start, man? <laughs> I was that's not how he says <laughs> you're a bad dude Bon Scott everyone was it Bon Scott? Bon Scott was it Bon Scott? I don't remember his name oh no wait it was Brian uh, Brian what was his name? man? I don't remember <laughs> let me delete some more videos <laughs> and then we finish this Brian Scott. No, it was Bon Bon Scott is the one who died. But then there's the other one who sings Thunderstruck. It's Brian something. I'm trying to to remember. Brian Mubarif. Minras Beirut. Brian. Barbur. Let me remove. Najat. Again. (laughs) More Najat needs to go. Sorry, Najat. Uh, Brian, when the toilet's running? Oh, right there. All right. 